Thank everyone for coming out here today to uh, the first annual Trigun debate. Uh, my <laughs> two, our two competitors have uh, have uh, been warming up in their green rooms. Uh, they have uh, they have eaten their wheaties. They have taken their vitamins. Uh, they I've have been said practicing yelling at pillows. You're not on stage yet. <laughs> Head goes back behind curtain. <laughs> uh, first. In uh, the red corner, representing Triga, the new Trigun show isn't that bad, actually. It's Jerris Maragopoulos! I enjoyed it. <sighs> and in the blue corner, representing, no, it's actually bad. It's Rowan Hansen. There aren't enough donuts in there. <laughs> <laughs> there have been no donuts so far. Completely unwatchable. Rowan, if you keep making logical arguments, we are not going to have a <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, there was a clapping and cheering button I could have pressed. There you go. There you go. There's Thank you, my adoring fans. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that's enough of that. That, that clip is 36 seconds long. My God. That's uh, a lot of applause. All right. So uh, if you haven't gathered, uh, first of all, we're the Ace Geeks podcast. Welcome, welcome. Uh, second of all, uh, Jarris and Rowan have both watched the new Trigun cartoon. Uh or anime or whatever. Uh, I have not. Um, and uh, I, um, so I am leaving it to the two of them with their separate opinions uh, to debate the worth or lack of worth of this show. Uh, so the coin flip is happening now. Uh, Jairus, you may call. Heads. It was heads. All right. All Jairus, right. your opening statement, please. Okay. Um, I, will be, I did not uh, tell them we were going to do it this way, by the way. <laughs> they just said debate <laughs> before we started, and I would just roll with it. <laughs> um, in the manner of a debate, I instead of anticipating my opponent's arguments, I'm just going to lay down uh, three basic ones. This show so far uh, satiates issues I had with the previous show in ways that that show did not uh, give me engagement with the things that I wanted specifically in the difference between um, the brothers and humans and what that means for um, their, both their relationship with plants, how much they are plants, and the ways in which uh, plants make life possible on the planet that they are on. Um, two, we spent way too much time, for me personally, in the first third of the show um, with Vash going through his outer personality of I'm just a goofy pervert who no one could ever um, want to hurt for any other reason except that I have a huge bounty on my head. I am really glad that we are not getting any of the um, perversion part because it was never really true to who Vash was and it wasn't an aspect of his fake persona that I found compelling. Agreed. Um, and in that, we are way more in-depth of who he is morally and what that means for the people around him, and I'm really glad the show is going in there much earlier. Other than that, the show is very beautiful, 
And I will admit, there are things it could be doing better, but I am sure my opponent will tell us all about those. Please, Rowan, your rebuttal. Uh, my rebuttal will be significantly less uh, well thought out or expressed than Jairus's. So I'm going to get that out right at the beginning. Um, I agree that the show benefits from the complete excision of the pervy stuff from Vash's behavior. The original series didn't need it. This series doesn't need it. Most series don't need it, but have it anyway. So it's been mm, good true. not to have it. Um, I will also give credit where it's due. This show is very beautiful. It is done by a studio that actually specializes in the kind of intense action 3d animation, uh, that we're seeing in this show. Uh, the issue that I have, and I will begin now with my counter arguments for why Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. this show is not as good as I'd like, uh, It feels to me compared to the original, and this is mostly due to the pacing, it feels to me like it is more flash than substance thus far. The original show took a long time to get anywhere, uh, which it was probably very frustrating for some people, but it at the same time meant that by the time real shit started happening or things started going wrong for your main characters, you had been given enough time to like get invested in them and see kind of over time that gradual peeling back of the layers of Vash's external persona of I'm just a big, goofy, peace-loving person. Uh, I'm definitely mostly harmless, except that I'm also a terrifying danger machine who insists that nobody ever die in my presence ever, or I will have failed as a person. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In this new one, uh, and really my arguments against it crystallized for me in episode three, where things started going wrong for the main characters and there started being a body count and people were very upset and I couldn't find it in me to care about any of these people at all. And I realized at least part of that for me, part of that is the pacing issue. And part of that is that for me, Vash is a Superman. Like, especially in those first few episodes, like it's about this guy comes into impossible situations and he wins and he wins the moral argument by his behavior. He doesn't do the expedient thing. He does the quote unquote right thing. Uh, and he succeeds, and that's part of what makes him so cool. And in this new one, episode three, it's like, okay, you've shot two bullets this whole show. You've saved some people. You've done a couple of cool things. Other than that, you've kind of whined a lot, and you haven't been charming, and you haven't, like... This is the first I'm seeing you struggle and it's a really important time when I need you not to struggle because everyone is dying and you're not doing anything really. And so those are those were my big eh on episode three. My big ooh on episode three was this is definitely they're definitely taking the world in a different direction. The planet is, is named true. something different. It's not planet Gunsmoke. It's no man's land. 
uh, Knives's uh, powers and henchmen are different. Knives, his powers have actually been made uh, synonymous with his name. It's not just... It's it's not just like Hitler von murders a lot. Who uses you know whatever? It's his name is <laughs> knives. He uses sharp things to do killings. I I am glad that you brought up knives because one of the things I did not say I was saving for a second round is that I felt like knives in the first show did not live up to his reputation. Um, we saw in his philosophy that he did not care about people. We saw in his machinations that he wished to do harm to a great amount of people, but he was not physically lethal in the way that Vash was physically protective in intensity. In this show, his intensity outstrips Vash, and that has been flipped. And one of the reasons why the ending of the original show in which Vash very quickly defeats Knives makes so much sense to me is because we've seen throughout that show Vash do all these incredible physical things and Knives almost never lives up to the fear of uh, physical violence that uh, the story puts into him. I mean, Uh, go ahead. Well, that's just flipped in this one. I... I mean, I'm a huge sucker for nanotechnology, and I wouldn't say this is the same thing, but he definitely has new matter powers, the ability to move objects under his control around in, like, non-physics-based means. Mm-hmm. Um, I am really into that as both a way of manifesting his threat, and two, I really like to see, one, knives in the show earlier, but also in the immediate Vash is not powerful enough to defeat him. And I am interested in that curve of growth. Yeah. Uh, I would say that knives is probably just as dangerous in the original series as in this one, but we don't get to see the danger he personally represents. And that's what I mean. It's very much in the lore, but it is not really demonstrated on screen in a way that felt substantiated. Uh, in the and also the show. the way that he brings threat is very different. I'm remembering He's way here more for, of a manipulator in the in, first one. Yeah, yeah. The whole uh, all of the towns in this area, all of the adult, all of the adults just kind of walked out into the desert one day and were gone. And that was one of Knives' subordinates that did that. And then the reports of there's this town. And it was thriving, and now all of the people are gone. Nothing's destroyed, just all of the people are gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, and the other thing, the other big shift between the two, mm-hmm. uh, in the original series, what Knives is doing to humans is primarily about punishing Vash for choosing them over him. In this yeah, new it's series... much more biblical. Yeah. In this new series, it's... It's plants versus people. Yes. Which is so much more clear as not only a... They they really made you grasp in the first series whether or not um, Vash and his brother are plants. If you read the manga, it's explained there. But here they're making it way more clear. This is plant powers. And therefore, seeing what knives can do makes what plants do for people make a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I will say 
I understand, but I don't fully agree what you're saying about charm, because I find Vash charming in this, in that I like that he's not layered, he's just who he is, he doesn't lie about who he is, and I find who Vash is to be charming in his, like, um, his hope, his, his positivity, but we also see him give up way faster because he is faced with knives way sooner. Um, so I can understand why that would be ruined. Um, I would also say like, for me, half of the charm of the first show was in the music and oh, yeah. the seatbelts are not in any way connected to this project. And the music really suffers for it. It's bland and generic. And I yeah. do get that. Yeah. The, the one, the one element that it has to recommend it uh, in terms of the music is that that intro theme. Uh, my, my wife was commenting, this kind of sounds like Lil Nas X, doesn't it? And I was like, it yeah, it's does. like, it's like Japanese K-pop by way of Lil Nas X. It's weird. It's like, it's a good song, but it's oh, a weird fit for Trigun. Okay. Now I have to look this up because that sounds amazing. <laughs> okay, okay. You should definitely watch that. Before you do, I gotta ask you, Mike, have you seen um Montero, the music video? Oh yeah, of course. Okay, Once everyone cool, was talking cool. about it, I had to watch it to oh, know, yeah. assuage my curiosity. Um what blows my mind about Stephanie's comment is that as soon as you said that, I realized that the movement of the character in space is almost exactly the same in these two videos. And now that I realize the psychological purpose of what that opener might mean makes a lot more sense now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And also now in the fourth episode, when we've seen the sandworms, there's also a psychological purpose behind being like, lost underground that sort of thing so you're saying there's a lot of penis uh stuff in this show there was so much penis imagery in episode four it was pretty funny yeah i especially liked when wolfwood took his giant gun penis and then flipped it around and shot a bigger penis out of it i mean you don't even have to say penis we all know what guns represent yeah <laughs> i played uh i was in a D stream tonight uh before this podcast uh so i've been sitting in front of my computer for forever but um uh, which i played a uh, a gif cleric uh who used pistols and the moment Ooh. i described my character one of the other players was like so you're a hippoglocomus oh god, oh, god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, my my finger should have been on the button. That deserved a... <laughs> there we go. One day we will achieve my dream of being a, you know, uh, 90s morning shock jock where we just have sound effects for everything we do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it sounds like... Sorry, admittedly, <laughs> admittedly, I was coming in and out during that conversation, but it was a very good debate. Um... Is that why your first comment was about penises? Because you've been yes. coming in and out? Yes. Oh. Ayo. Ayo. Uh, There's our explicit tag. This won't be <laughs> making the edit. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it will. You never know. Uh, I, I edit it at 1.5 speed or possibly even two times speed. I don't know how fast it is. Anyway, um, what I'm saying is I might miss your penis. Uh, the <laughs> I will never do that to you. 
<laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, sounds like the main point of difference between the two shows is that the first show was more of an episodic thing that sort of happened to push knives and co in at the end whereas yeah. this show is explicitly trying to be about vash and knives relationship from the jump uh 100%. which leads to uh it sounds like some major differences that i could see why you would both enjoy and dislike um i am definitely with rowan and that part of my the reason i loved the original trigun is the stories of vash just you know saving people because that's my jam episodic stories about wandering heroes with cool weapons saving people mm. um so uh yeah um but i can also see why di doing a deeper dive into the psyche would be interesting i guess i'll have to sit down and watch this show to see what i actually think about it mm -hmm. yeah like the first one thematically is like vash versus violence and knives is part of that mm -hmm. um but the second one is very much Vash versus Knives. And you, Vash you in the really... new one feels younger. He's oh, figured definitely. out less definitely. by the time the story starts. Uh, which is ironic because he's not as pervy, but he comes off as way more fresh face. I would also say that um, you can tell this was made in a different era of anime because the violence in the second show is way more visceral than the violence in the first. And there were like, not full Elfin Lied, but there were one or two Elfin Lied moments oh, that no. I was like, yeah, that was my reaction. I was like, oh, oh. Not until, not until episode three. That's episode true. three is where things abruptly get very real in upsetting ways. <laughs> it, it's not quite like that in episode four, except morally, which also really reminds me of the original show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Yes. Are there any closing arguments either of you would like to have? Uh, I'll start. Um, Please. It is a show worth checking out, regardless of whether you watched the original source material. If you did love the original source material, you might struggle with some aspects of this new one, uh, but it's still worth checking out on its own merits. It is a piece of art. Um so regardless of whether it makes you feel happy that we're getting more Trigun or angry and frustrated because they did it different and therefore wrong. Thing uh, from my childhood, good. Oh, new thing, bad. <laughs> new thing, confusing. Why? Why floppy hair? Vash <laughs> hair always only go up. <laughs> Wear cool glasses. Wear cool glasses. <laughs> yeah. No, he does have glasses, but they're not as stylized. Why gun not shiny? Gun black now. <laughs> <laughs> Jerris, uh, your closing arguments. Um, I agree that um, this is an imperfect piece of art that could make some very specific improvements. Um, for me, unfortunately. Like more perviness, right? Why can't we have more No, perviness? the music... After I watch an episode, I will go and listen to the old ending music because it had such a beautiful chilling you down effect where like, especially compared to the opening music, which is like 
Pier. No, I'm I'm with you on the intro. I'm with Mike about the outro because every time we go into the outro and he's like, "Oh, it's a ragazzi I'm like, "What? What? Where did so, we go?" The common writer that I just finished, which was Saber, which was excellent, um, but uh it had one of those ending themes that Japanese live action shows sometimes have where uh, the main characters are just doing a happy dance that they've all learned and choreographed somehow. And that leads to some real big tonal whiplash. Like when one major character dies and it's in the rain and everyone is standing around him, sobbing into the grass and like, why couldn't we have saved you? And then it cuts to do, 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 Is the person who died also in the musical number? He is not. No, unfortunately. Okay. Cause that would also be a real weird whiplash. Oh man. But you could have a whole show that's like that though. Where there's just a fun, happy, dancey musical number, but as characters die, there's just fewer and fewer people in that musical number. That sounds terrifying. Whoa. Yeah, just do a just, no. You just you just it's like a creeping horror sitcom kind no. of situation, like Severance <laughs> or oh, like Too Severance. Many Cooks. Oh, I love Too Many Cooks. I, I cannot handle Too Many Cooks. Oh, no, that's how it's made. Listen, everyone breaks under torture eventually. (laughs) 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 And that's too many cooks if you have not seen it. So your point is that art is all made to make you feel something. Some art is made to make you feel good and other art is not. Other art is made to make you feel waterboarded. (laughs) That is very much too many cooks. Yeah. Um, it, it'd just be nice if more pieces of art said uh, in the start, this is a BDSM-like experience, so you could then consent to what you were about to go through. That would be um, nice, but I think that would ruin what Too Many Cooks was going for, which was, we're going to shock people with this weird thing we're putting on Adult Swim at 2 in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Too Many Cooks makes people react the way I react to real or cake. I do not want things in real life to suddenly be revealed to be cake. That's that's horrifying. Am I you cake? might you might enjoy um, the Netflix show. Is it cake? Because you get to see the whole process of them making the cake, so it removes some of the uncanny valley prospect of it, and you can just oh, appreciate the artistry. Yeah, it 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 stops like bashing your head into the Overton window. <laughs> it's so weird. I am so in love with reality bending media and things are like, it's all an illusion, but there are very specific gaslighty type stories where I'm like, I will come into this world and I will fight the antagonist myself. How dare you do this? <laughs> all right. Um, I will arm myself to fight and kill God. Uh, so um, if that's what I need to do to change this story to what I think it should be, I'll do it. Uh, but that's how fan so, fiction happens. So before death we uh, before we end the debate, of course, we will have to take a few questions from the audience. So yeah, uh, uh, you there, sir, over there. Um, yes, I would like to ask uh, if Vash's coat is so pretty, why people trying to kill him? Oh. Uh, just yeah. no fashion sense. 
<laughs> Honestly, I would say it's one becomes the other. His coat is so pretty, it does lead people to want to kill him because then they can take it. This bit is probably going to get cut out because I thought it was really funny and that I couldn't come up with a good question. <laughs> well, on, why don't we ask this person up here in the front? What question do you have, um, little miss? Yes, um, I... I just wanted to ask, um, are all of the original characters in it? Because I like the real tall lady with the big gun. Ah, uh, okay. Ooh, ooh. Uh, ooh. So I well, take it she is in it. <laughs> nope. I'm sorry, madam. Your favorite char- character, Millie Thompson, has been replaced by a a male older guy reporter whose name is Robert De Niro. Does he have huh. a big gun? No. Does he have okay. a jacket full of guns? No. No. Uh. No. 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 Okay. He's mostly there to get drunk and and uh, be the voice of reason to a much younger Meryl Strife, who is also a reporter. In many this, ways, um... I would say Meryl Strife and Millie have been merged because Meryl is way more like Millie in this version than she was in the previous I mean, Based entirely still... on this previous point, I am prepared to rule this defa- debate in favor of Rowan. Show not good, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no! I can't take this loss on my record! <laughs> it's just like a Phoenix Wright prosecutor. No! 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 Oh my god, Mike, you're right. Rowan, come here. I'm going to whip you. No! <laughs> Only if you can do a lot of alliteration on the word fool. Von Karma, no! <laughs> All right. Well, we should move on a little bit. Um, okay. So the big news of this week, we I think we may have talked about this on the previous podcast a little bit. but um, the Last uh, the time big... was Willow, Willow, Willow. So okay. I don't think so. The big news on the, uh, uh, on the internet this week is that uh, bullying corporations works. <laughs> Both, both in fact. Netflix and Wizards of the Coast released systems that people were like, that sucks and I don't want to be a part of it. And uh, yelled at them so much on Twitter that they would, they said, nope, we're not doing it anymore. In Wizards the of the thing... Coast case, they... Um... <laughs> um, in Wizards of the Coast case, they went from... Uh, they went from, we're putting out a new OGL and you have to live with it, to... We're putting out uh, that OGL was put out by mistake, and we're in talks to try and figure out what we should do with the OGL. To okay, we're not we're putting out we're still putting out a new OGL, but it's putting everything under Creative Commons instead of all this restrictive stuff. To we're so sorry, we won't change anything. Please stop tweeting us. <laughs> also, also here is all of five point one in the Creative Commons. Just, just, just please leave us alone. Yep. And the stuff that they put in Creative Commons includes a bunch of terms that they had fought legal battles to protect and keep yep. in previous years. Whether this that was a mistake inclu- or not, we'll find out. But Including Count fucking Strahd himself yep. is one now of part biggest, of the Creative Commons. One of their biggest money makers. Yeah, as well as yeah. Mind yeah. Flayers, Beholders. Like oh, no, my this, are lithids, yeah. This yeah. is kind of like when your party goes in to fight the big bad, and you crit so hard that the big bad not only doesn't fight you to the death, but just gives you the treasure and asks if you need a valet. <laughs> now that being that all being said, I do believe that 
um, the rage against Wizards against the Co- Wizards of the Coast probably went a little too far, just a little. Um, and I do believe the people at Wizards who said that the original OGL had good intentions but was poorly worded rather than it was a deliberate conspiracy to steal your favorite game from you and take all your work and all that stuff. Um, I, I think that that being said, it was dumb and I'm glad they've just backpedaled completely. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a little bit more in the direction of this was originally intended to make Hasbro more money. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Mostly because of the... Certainly with the um, erecting of tariffs or however you would call that, um, they kind of said, hey, if you make more than this amount of money, which is quite a lot, like like, these aren't small companies, using uh, our proprietary stuff, you need to send us uh, something like 25%. And yeah. The idea was to, uh, 100% in that case, the idea was to fuck over Paizo. They were yeah. trying to destroy their main competitor, um, yeah. or at least get some money from their main competitor. Yeah, and Which to be really... fair, to be fair, uh, Epic Game Studios, the people who put out Unreal Engine, do the same thing for games that are put out using Unreal, Unreal. Engine. They charge you about 10% off of all of the profits that you made past a certain amount of money. Yep. The thing is, they don't do that retroactively. Right, <laughs> right. Um, the I think the other thing we saw here is um, the sheer amount of ink that got spilled about this was, like, just massive. Yeah. There were legal um, commentators on YouTube who don't normally talk about nerd stuff who waded into this battle just to make some legal commentary on what was going on. Mm -hmm. Um, People who had helped write the original uh, OGL weighed in to say the way we wrote this makes this impossible. It's not going to go through. Um, Yeah. There there was a lot of people trying to say like, Hey, maybe this isn't the end of the entire universe. Uh, And I, I found that there were a lot of folks on our side of the argument who were then responding with, no, it is. And how dare you, try to tell me it's not as bad as well as i think it is and uh you should probably go die in a fire (laughs) people really got up in arms and while it's wonderful that the corporation did back off and respond in this way this is certainly going to have a, a motivating effect um we've noticed how um more and more corporations respond to usually the most toxic and difficult sort of fan reaction difficult i mean in like a trying to make individual employees suffer instead of bringing this system to a halt as it were um some of the most toxic parts of fandom in many different fandoms are taking note um, because they do up the scale i am almost certain people got harassed um, oh yeah this online. absolutely in fact i think 100%. i've seen a few threads of it too yeah it's one of those things where we won but at what cost did we empower the, did we empower the Zack snyder fanboys to continue their campaigns uh, <laughs> yeah yeah um very similarly uh netflix did a thing where they were saying 
we're going to decide what counts as a household and it has everything to do with your home IP address. So if you are a kid or a parent in a um, refitted marriage, like if you have two divorced parents, or if for any reason you use a VPN, we'll just delete your access to your own account. Yep, we'll just ban uh, it. People responded incredibly angrily, to which they're like, oh, no, no, we would only do that in much poorer countries where people (laughs) defend themselves against it. We Uh, wouldn't do that to you. It was wild. It was a a crazy backpedal. And that one, I do believe, was total BS. Uh, Mm -hmm. um, uh, (laughs) I I think, although I do think, and I think I may have said this in the podcast previously, um, using the term gaslighting to describe anything like that is not right use of that term but i i do think that they had intended to unleash that and then somebody said okay put some spin on this please uh to make it seem better and so that's where the whole oh it was released by mistake came from because that was that was not a mistake they they put it out there the funniest tweet i saw about it was um i think his name is justice smith he's in the new dungeons and dragons movie oh Um, yeah 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 yeah, he tweeted about how so if i get a job with netflix and i have to leave for two to three months to film netflix will ban me from using my account (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i back on gaslighting for a bit um it lying is just lying lying is lying is lying Gaslighting is when you say the thing you perceive didn't happen because you are not mentally fit to speak to your own memories. That's gaslighting. That's the only thing that's gaslighting. It's just, it's such a serious term that I hate seeing it thrown around uh, for more trivial BS like Netflix and Wizards Coast. Yeah. People are not triggered when you say something bigoted and they are offended that someone could be so cruel or that someone thinks of them personally as dehumanized. People are triggered when balloons pop in the room and they suddenly go back to the time they were traumatized. That's what that means. Or or when someone slams a door or closes it a little too hard and again, they're back there in that place. Yeah. 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 I realize I'm doing a lot of bandstand soapboxing on this when we That's have a fine. psych student here. and It's okay. Box as much soap as you need to. I Soap, soap has come up a lot in my life. No. Um, <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I, I just want to tell you today about soap. <laughs> I'm here to fight it. I'm here to let fight me, soap. Mankind and America will not be safe until we kill soap. This is yep. the soap boxing I'm here for. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, oh, oh God, talk about it. Okay. Um, are there any positive takeaways from this thing? Is there anything that we can I would see say good yes. coming out of this? Go um. Ahead. I would say yes. I mean, there's some of it is uh, kind of tangential off of it. This whole thing with Hasbro making some poor decisions, the upshot of it doing a lot of damage to its uh, faith in its brand is that people are a lot more willing to go out and try 
new properties that they hadn't yeah. been willing to try before. And it's not like it's a hard jump with how many third party things just run on fifth edition D and D people are willing to actually like the do the power like, Rangers game, which should never have been made to run off of fifth edition D and D it's a stupid idea. Why would you do that? Sorry. Okay, go. sure. But then there's also <laughs> stuff that actually works for it. Yeah. Like, uh, SW five E or, uh, mutants and masterminds, uh, that kind of stuff also. And I think carbon 2185, which is a cyberpunk gene hacking, uh, fifth Ooh. edition, uh, one, where is that? Where's that a different, no, that might be biofunk, which I think is also off of five E, but yeah, lots more people willing to try other non D and D properties out and see how they, they feel about them, which is now ladies and gentlemen. I just want you to speak to you briefly about this for a moment, as uh, Rowan has so succinctly said. Remember that there is a world of TTRPGs out there for you, and that you can play a lot of different things. And there's lots of ways to get that D&D 5e itch scratched. You don't have to go to Pathfinder. It's there are true. people who love Pathfinder. Pathfinder yeah. is great. But I just want you to know... You don't have to go to Pathfinder if you don't want to. There yes. are more than two options. I am so glad we're talking about this. There's at least three <laughs> options. There's D&D, there's Pathfinder, and there's Fishblade. <laughs> <laughs> the Fishblade. Um, when someone described to me the concept of the joke Fishblade, I immediately blurt out my mouth, oh, that's just everyone is John. <laughs> uh, that's an actual game? <laughs> there's an actual game about someone with disassociative identity disorder though they've backtracked and have given a more mystical thing where everyone is an urge in a single person's head and they each have to trade off controlling that person who is played by the gm wait. and tells the party what is going on in the world outside of their head oh wait, my god wait. so it's inside out the role-playing game it's literally inside out the role-playing game yeah. that's amazing but it's competitive not cooperative you are all fighting for each other over control over this guy okay 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 hear me out fish blades in the dark yes i'm in i'm in i was going to say mike i i don't mean to say one thing fits everything but wouldn't Power Rangers work so well in a in Blades, Blades in, the, in dark. the Dark out of mission Absolutely. in mission system? Absolutely, right? that would be perfect. Right? You know, there isn't one system that's right for anything. But Forged in the Dark does a lot of things real it's well. It's so good. <laughs> I I was beating my head against the ability to make a uh, Reapers-based role-playing game uh, kind of based off of... Um, a dirty job and dead like me uh. and the Discworld death uh, stories. And I was like, I just, there needs to be some important way of noting in the gameplay when the characters are called to do their duty as psychopomps. And, and then duty. my friend Mike is like, why not just use forged in the dark? And I'm like, I Oh, oh yeah! <laughs> Someone already solved this for me. <laughs> but I've been trying to build that for literally years, and now that I've played so many Forged in the Dark games, I'm like, yes, this is actually. And there, what I uh, for those of you who don't know, Forged in the Dark is a um, role-playing system that uh, it was initially designed for heist gameplay um, in a dark fantasy setting, and has been hacked into literally everything. So um, many things. One of the can... best non-Star Wars, Star Wars role-playing games 
I have ever played. And at the same time, one of the best non-Star Trek Star Trek role-playing games. Wow. <laughs> uh, um, I want to so... see... I want to see Worldwide Wrestling hacked into Forged in the Dark. I have wanted to play Worldwide Wrestling for so long. We did the... for a while. You could still see those streams on YouTube. It was uh, <laughs> it, it's an interesting experience because wrestling by its very nature involves two of the players at the table, or at most like four to six. I guess six is fine. Um, you end up with a lot of folks just sitting around and waiting. Yeah. Kind of like courtroom drama. You don't want that. Yeah. So, uh, since we have less people this week, shall we get into what we've been doing this week? Sure. Um, who would like to go first? Rowan? Uh, I have a litany of things, so that should give oh, both good. of you plenty of time <laughs> to uh, to think of, up stuff. Uh, one of the... This is kind of coming off of that whole what are the upshots of the whole... OGL situation. One of them is that people are a lot more aware of the whole, maybe I should put something in writing that says other people can mm-hmm. use this stuff without having to worry about stuff. Mm, so yeah. uh, for example, uh, cities without number, the Kickstarter for the new cyberpunk oriented without number series of role-playing games by kevin crawford started it's a kickstarter on the first of february and one of his stretch goals he was like as far as i'm concerned all y'all can use whatever you want of mine in whatever you want of yours without problem however if we get to a certain stretch goal I will make a specific like creative commons license for this and I'll see what I can do for the other two to get it officially in writing and protect this stuff legally. So that if my brain goes strange and wizardly over here on the Michigan coast, (laughs) uh, (laughs) I can't go back on my word and suddenly put y'all in a pickle. Uh, So in about two days, that Kickstarter made over $200,000. So sounds like he's doing it yeah he's doing it um so yeah i'm very excited for that kickstarter uh so that's thing one of i'm gonna say three because i have to limit myself somehow (laughs) uh thing number two uh rowan's anime recommendations there's been a few this season that i think are really uh worth watching there's been a like there's a weirdly a lot of anime coming out right now. Uh, And there's plenty Mm -hmm. of YouTube videos making specific recommendations, but the ones that I've seen that I've really liked so far, but Tondemo skill de isukai horo meshi, which is like uh, campfire cooking in another world with my weird skill is really great. Uh, Basically it is the story. Hold on, hold on. I'm going to guess it's a uh, cooking isukai. Uh, the person gets transferred into a medieval fantasy world uh, and becomes wildly successful because they're good at cooking. Yes and no. Uh, uh, so basically this 30-year-old guy gets accidentally isekai'd. Uh, he happens to be coming out of a convenience store like 15 feet behind the actual Chosen Heroes, which is <laughs> like a group of three high schoolers who got yoinked into another world. His only skill is internet grocery store. Uh, so he can uh, just buy stuff from Japan 
using fantasy money that mm. arrives in cardboard boxes immediately. Uh, he Whoa. looks around the kingdom and is like, I don't trust any part of this. I'm leaving the country as soon as I can, and I'm just going to be a merchant, I guess. And it's his fun adventures, uh, traveling, eating and cooking food and getting adopted by monsters who are like, your food is really interesting and I'm bored as fuck because I'm an immortal being. Feed me. <laughs> and then and then being like, cool, I'm sticking with you forever now because you're not boring. Uh, and things There's kind of a, go from there. A very old story. I'm, what story is that where a monster is going to be like, I'm going to eat you. And the main character is like, I'm actually a good cook. And then the creature uh, enjoys the cooking so much that he stops eating people. Dang, what is that? Uh, it's uh, a sounds lot really of familiar, but I don't know. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, well. And another one is Tensei Ojo Tore, Tensei Reijo no Maho Kakume, which is like the princess and the genius girl's magical revolution. If you I want one word in there, which was Maho. <laughs> basically, if you want a cool. Uh, isekai adjacent medieval fantasy magic story with lesbians in it like with a love story that's that's the one to go for uh and then there was one more i think it was yeah okay uh chilling in my 30s after getting fired from the demon king's uh army uh that one's I've been enjoying that one, but it is just like a fantasy set dressing for the concept of what happens when your boss's son takes over the family business due to nepotism and then fires the one person who kept the entire company running smoothly. Ah, yeah. Something that (laughs) a lot of people have experienced in modern times. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the one with uh, two girls who fall in love. No, the one with two girls who fall in love is uh, the princess and the genius lady's magical revolution or something like that. It's on Crunchyroll. <laughs> so go on Crunch, Crunchyroll and search up magical princess and you'll only find one or two things. Uh, magical Ooh. revolution will probably get you farther. But yeah. Uh, and if I had a is... third thing, I've forgotten it. It's Isn't someone right. else's turn now. Is All there right. a magical revolution? Uh, they're working up to it. Basically, okay. one of the one of the two girls uh, is a transplant from our world. Wink, wink. Uh, and she cannot use magic, but loves magic. So she is making magic technology to overcome that. Uh, uh, and the it. result of, of that in a world where only the Royals have access to magic is she's creating technology that anyone could use, which would mm. overturn the entire basis of the society that they, that they're living in. Accidental like... revolution. Ho accidental or intentional. Who's to say, yeah. uh, <laughs> but there's, um, our... but there's, there's girls making eyes at each other and really caring Aww. about each Aww, other. That's so. nice. Yeah. Well, I have, uh, after uh, many and sundry recommendations, uh, I have picked up uh, Hi-Fi Rush, which is a new game that you can get on Steam or Xbox. Um, and it is uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, It is a very interesting game. It's a Devil May Cry style like beat-em-up. Uh, but the difference is the whole game is set to music and you have to time your attacks to the beat of the music. If you want your attacks to be effective. Uh, so, um, you see the game starts with, uh, the main character Chai, who is, um, just a 
complete idiot in the best way. Um, <laughs> he uh, he goes to volunteer for this new program that this corporation is doing to um, uh, to go and uh, get. I can't remember what it's called, but it's something that's very clearly like robot upgrades. Um, and, uh, you know, he's going to be a rock star, so he wants to be, he wants a uh, robot arm to make him rock harder. Uh, and that is exactly what he receives. Uh, during an accident, his MP3 player gets embedded in his chest, uh, and uh, the entire world starts moving to a rhythm uh, that uh, he, he, well, I don't know if it's only him he can perceive, but. Um, Certainly lots of people can uh, seem to be able to perceive, but it's helping him. And so the game is really interesting because it's got a lot of, you know, it's got the combo system that's in most games, but the timing is baked into the track. So like mm -hmm. uh, there was, I was just playing a boss battle um, where uh, the song, um, I think it was 10,000 or 1 million. It's a Nine Inch Nails song uh, was okay. playing and uh, you had, you were doing a boss fight. And so you had to time up, you know, your light attacks happen on one beat, whether where your heavy attacks have to happen on every other beat. Uh, so if you're doing a combo, Whoa. you might have to do heavy, weight, light, 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 or something like that uh, mm -hmm. to get the most damage out of it and get the higher higher on your combo meter. Uh, it's How really much? fascinating, and it's really fun, and it's only 30 bucks. How much thinking do you have to put into it? Is it mostly learning muscle memories type stuff the way you would learn music? Yeah, it's like a lot of that. Um, yeah, and the nice thing is the environment and the characters, everything is pulsing to the beat. You can also turn on a uh, like metronome-like thing on the, that runs across the bottom of the screen um, that can help you even more with that, but uh, you don't really need it uh, if you're watching carefully your floating robot cat companion or you know the um, materials around you that are moving. Hmm. That sounds very cool. It's very cool. Oh, All right, Steam. Yes. Um, so I have been watching The Bad Batch season two. Oh, that um, was the third thing. Vox Machina. It exists. I've watched two episodes. Go ahead. <laughs> cool. Um, I've been watching The Bad Batch, um, the second season. Or The Rad Batch or The Bad Bitch. Or Dead <laughs> Sorry, we had, we had hilarious autocorrect things in, this, uh, mm. in our group chat this week. Um, I am finding that much of this season is uh, kind of the creative team exploring things in Star Wars that haven't, you know, the rock hasn't fully unturned. And there's a lot of like old canon stuff coming out um, through the uh, Bad Batch. There, we're getting, uh, actually, they provide a somewhat interesting answer to the question of how. Um, uh, Darf Tyrannus, um, Dooku, uh, Dooku, yes, Count Dooku went from who he was uh, in Tales of the Jedi to who he is um, in um, the else end of the movies. In. Yeah, exactly. They kind of uh, hint at that a little bit, um, which I think I may have talked about before. But most recently, they started going. Uh, in, I think, the most recent episode, maybe second most recent episode, uh, way more, yeah, second most recent, into the Indiana Jones stuff um, and the way that they interact with ancient stuff and the character Wanda Sykes plays, really funny, really amazing. Um, 
most recently, one of your characters, who I know you're excited to see again, Mike, uh, yeah. came back. And his story, his episode, is awesome. And they finally get into um, a old legends things about the relationship between Wookiees and um, uh, Trandoshans politically. And they just bring that pretty much whole cloth from legends and makes it make it true here. That's great. It's awesome. I, I do uh, love, you know, I, I, it's easy to mock Dave Filoni for the stuff that he keeps returning to the well on, but uh, I, I do love that he's bringing back the good parts of the Le- of Legends canon. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a lot of good stuff like that. Uh, I have been also listening to uh, more of um, The Wandering <laughs> Inn, which I... Uh, I'm finding really good in the second volume and I'm liking the way the story is turning out a little bit better emotionally than in the first, um, Mm -hmm. which was rough, but I mean, it wasn't so rough that I had issues with it. There are certain storylines where I'm like, why do I want to suffer like this? That's not really (laughs) what the wandering in is. Um, Second volume though has, way deeper explorations into a number of things i have questions on and i am quite excited about it uh ro and i recently had a talk about it that was on this very podcast yes uh but also after that recently a few days (laughs) ago um (laughs) the other thing um what else am i oh uh for one of uh my writing projects I have been listening to the audiobook of The Laundry Files, which is Charles Strauss's um, Cthulhu punk um, spy games told from the perspective of an IT guy chosen to be a secret agent. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I really wasn't into the first book, and I really don't like Bob as a character, the main character. Uh, Second book completely changed that. The story yeah. is so much cooler. The way that Bob is annoying makes so much more sense in the second book. Um, the writing gets better. And while I will argue that the author perhaps does not understand as much about magic as he's trying to swing with his big conceits, the magic is so much better and more interesting in the second book than in the first book. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I do recommend we've done, Since everybody else got to do two or three, I am going to two! Very quickly, something about Charles Strauss's Laundry Files. Sure. I started with a book that's in the middle of the series when they introduced vampires. That one was really, really good. It's oh. way, way, way better than the first book, and I'm excited for you to get there. Okay, Ooh. that's it. Okay, <laughs> Mike, cool. go! Um, so, uh... <laughs> I uh, also this week uh, finished Common Rider Saber, which previously discussed as is really, really good, despite a sort of awkward beginning. Uh, and so now I am diving into Common Rider X-Aid, uh, which is a series about uh, a uh, computer virus from video games breaks out of video games and starts infecting people. Uh, and the only Whoa. people who could stop it are doctors who can also transform into common riders. Uh, and so the main character Ooh. is a, uh, a pediatrician who uh, was saved Aww. by a doctor as a child and really just oh wants to God. help people. And the second common rider is uh, a, ma- a 
surgeon who believes you shouldn't care about your patients. You should only care about getting the job done. Uh, and then they just get wilder from there. We just met. I just met the fourth common writer who um, he spends the first part of the episode asking the main character for help. And ever, the main character is finally like, wait, you can also transform. Why do you need help? Well, it turns out he can't transform into a common rider. He can only transform into a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> it's great i love this shit it's so great all right That's folks funny we have been the ace of geeks you can find us on uh twitter at ace of geeks you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash the ace of geeks um and uh please visit our website at ace of geeks.net to see all the cool stuff we're doing like our other two podcasts um rowan what's you having radio uh yavin radio is this wonderful uh podcast that we have set in the star wars universe it is uh basically diegetic uh radio show uh between uh our my two other co-hosts jaris margopolis and mike fatum uh playing the characters of uh basically two people stuck on uh an alliance or rebellion air base on yavin 4 after all the interesting stuff has ended already um <laughs> and just trying to figure out where they fit uh and their interviews with various people throughout the galaxy uh i have done a terrible job of selling this but it's a no, great you show have not. It's, and uh, it is a great show <laughs> and ruins music on it excellent it's fabulous very oh. excellent all right jaris what's uh, edge of reality Edge of Reality is a show in which we each take turns uh, GMing uh, for a short campaign. The um, current season and only season we have right now is Rowan running Kids on Blooms, in which uh, the rest of us, including Mei Ling, who was not here today, are children in a American magic school out in the Rockies, um, attempting to... Um, not only survive school befriend one another but grow up in a way that uh is normal in conditions that are anything but uh i really enjoyed playing my character and i really enjoyed the little familiar yeah <laughs> you should check that out uh also if you like the show if you hated the show if you want to hear more stuff if you liked our goofy debate bit at the beginning and you want us to do more shit like that uh the best thing, way you can contact us is of course to email us jaris how can they do that a-c-e-o-f-g-e-e-k-s-p-o-d-c-a-s-t-i-n-g at gmail.com. I'm turning that... into a motorcycle. That's Ace of Geeks Podcasting at gmail.com. Um, my name is Mike Fadum. I have been one of your hosts, despite the best efforts of my co-hosts. <laughs> uh, I, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Vengeance God, on Facebook at uh, – don't find me on Facebook. Why do I keep trying to do that? Uh, on in Instagram at Broken Infinity Films uh, and on um, uh, TikTok at Vengeance God 2. Uh, you can also – Please check out the League of Swords, uh, which is a um, uh, combination of the best parts of pro wrestling and uh, sword fighting and 90s video game aesthetics. Uh, and uh, pl you can also find me um, in two weeks from this recording, so February uh, 17th, on the um, 
give it a bet uh, on the Neon Lights role-playing Twitch channel, um, where I will be returning to the character of the Hippoglocamus one uh, one last time. Uh, Jareth, go. <laughs> my name is Jareth Smargopoulos. If you are interested in some of uh, my thoughts on the occult and spirituality, uh, you can check out some of my writings at firstchurchofthemorningstar.com. We have a blog on there. Not all of the entries are mine, but if it's about um, being intersex or non-binary um, or Enki, then it's definitely mine. Uh, my <laughs> name will be at the top, but you'll have to click on the link to see. I hope you enjoy. Rowan, go. Me, Rowan. Me make music. Beeps and boops. In SoundCloud, there are beep and also boop for many minutes. <laughs> Upwards of an entire 60. You can find letters that go to the internet in description for to be listening to more bops. You may have noticed that there's nothing Rowan hates more than, than promoting his own stuff. So once again, <laughs> I will step in here and say, listen to Rowan's music. It's very, very good. It is good. All right. Well, folks, I made a rap great... recently. I'm excited to hear the rest of it. Um, folks, <laughs> We have been uh, the Ace of Geeks, and we will end this episode in the same way that we end it every single time. Hello, welcome to the Ace of Geeks podcast. And that's her there, turning into a motorcycle. That was an Ace of Geeks podcast. Hello and welcome.